the Pro Tools Expert Podcast with Russ Hughes, James Ivey, and Dan Cooper. Well, good evening and welcome to Pro Tools Expert Podcast 323. It's the 11th of June 2018. I'm Russ Hughes. I'm James Ivey. And I'm Dan Cooper. You know, so I kind Ill. of revved yeah. into that then. I kind of started slow and built up pace and pitch as I went through, just like some kind of sports reporter. Well done. Thank you. James, you're in the doldrums. I'm a bit lurgy-fied. Which not is not a Greek island. Can I just... <laughs> I'm in the doldrums this week, Jim. <laughs> Plane flight away just from out of Athens for about an hour. <laughs> Thanks, boys. I'm feeling better already. Good. Right. Dan Deals. Deals. We've got two Dan great deals. deals this month we want to tell you about. Our friends at Plugin... Our friend and plugin guru, Michael Carnes at Exponential Audio, is having a sale. Now, Exponential Audio sales are quite rare, perhaps only happening a couple of times uh, in a year. Until the 22nd of June, Michael is offering 30% off everything, including upgrades. So if uh, this is interesting, uh, do check out the deal, as these don't come around that often. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, Also, Synchro Arts are having a 30% off sale as well on all new licenses, upgrades and rentals uh, for their flagship product, Revoice Pro 3. Uh, All this month, not only are they offering 30% off, um, they're also including over three hours of free video tutorials from Groove 3. That's nice as well. uh, Don't forget to check out the rest of the deals from our partners on the deals page along with their new video. Also, particularly catchy ad for the... um Revoice Pro deal, I thought, on, on the Facebook. On the Facebook? You sound like my dad, who's 85. <laughs> I, I watched the social network. On, on, the, U, fl- on the U face. <laughs> I, I did watch the social network the other day on a flight. And um, um, originally it was called The Facebook. And it was, I can't remember the guy, um, the guy from Napster, um, who said, drop the the. Whether, whether that was just added for the film or actually part of the story, we will never know. We but, will never um, know. I think we're, we're we're basically in the dark. Put the lights on. <laughs> anyway, put the lights on. <laughs> and in the meantime, it's got some talking points. These are sponsored by our friends at Universal Audio. Over to you, Fab. Good morning, children. This is Fab Dupont. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast talking points are brought to you with the support of Universal Audio. Do your vocal recordings need more shine? My voice does. Um, are you in the market for a new audio interface? Well, if the answer to these questions is yes, then now could be a very good time to buy a Universal Audio Apollo Twin as part of UA's new Apollo Twin Platinum Vocal Promotion. Buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Solo and get Antares Auto-Tune Real-Time for free. Buy an Apollo Mark II Duo or USB and get Antares Auto-Tune and the Manly Voxbox plugins free. Buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Quad and get Antares Auto-Tune, Manly Voxbox and the Pure Plate Reverb all for free. You can find out more about this and the other deals the Universal Audio team are running by visiting uaudio.com or by clicking the link in the podcast notes down there. Do it now! Right, let's move on to uh, the first talking point, and we've all been here, James. We have. I know this happened to <laughs> me recently. Yeah, this, this happens <laughs> yeah, quite I've heard a you lot. Drawing, so you must get this a lot. Oh, we, you haven't heard my piano. Um, criticism: the challenge of being a creative professional and how to survive. Russ, this was one of yours. Did you have a bad week that week? I can't remember why I wrote this this week. Why did I write it? I think I said it in the article, didn't I? Didn't I say it in the article? 
I can't, let me have a quick. I need to read my own articles. Uh, <laughs> I I wondered was where did you find a picture of me with long hair? When I first looked at it, I thought that it looked like me to start with. <laughs> Not sure if she's shouting down the phone or trying to eat it, uh, or, or, or something else. Oh, something I know else. why. Yeah. <laughs> I, know why. I know why. The reason I wrote this was because a, a client of a new client apologised to me when he was giving me some feedback, and I said, "Well." thank you for your apology. I appreciate the courtesy, but that, this is the nature of the beast that if you're working as a professional in the creative sector, if you can't take a criticism, then get out of the kitchen basically. Uh, and I, I think it was about that. And it was not only about that whole thing, but then giving some practical ways of dealing with it. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know how uh, we've all had the clients from hell, haven't we? Yeah. You get some that just want to pick a fight. Um, but you get ones that will, you know, on the face of it, you think they're just really sort of bitchy or uh, particular, but they're not actually. That if you listen closely, quite a few people actually have very good constructive ideas. And that's the whole point is, is when you're working on a project with someone um, in the studio, you're supposed to be putting all your ideas together and seeing what comes out the other end. If you're you know, looking in one direction, you're kind of like poo-pooing everyone else's ideas and you're going to get a lot of stick for that and it will come across as criticism. Instead, if you keep yourself sort of open to ideas, you're not really getting criticism. You're just getting little gentle bits of feedback that you can, you know, throw at your projects and get a better production. Do you know what I mean? Criticism, there's lots of different layers to it or levels of it. Um, there's, you know, the first entry to, let's say, what criticism is. And it's kind of just, hey, how about you try doing something else with that that vocal sound, for instance? Uh, okay, let's just try something. If, if you ignore that idea and you keep going in the wrong direction, you will be criticised for not listening. You know what I mean? And that could also lead to bad work and client not being happy. And then the client gets pissy. Then you don't work with that client anymore. Or they don't work with you. Well, yeah, that's it. You know, just yeah. the relationship breaks down. Do you find, though, that there are certain types of criticism, and you kind of alluded to that, that you respond better to? Uh, I, I respond to all of them. Um, but, I don't like the idea of someone not being happy with something I've done. Um, absolutely. But but there there's there's being, as the phrase has been brought up, pissy um, to someone that you are working with or, what, or or having them be pissy to you. But there's also, I, I find it very frustrating when I work with a client. And again, this, this reflects on me and, and it's part of the process of, of, of being not only being a good employee sort of client to be a good client is also really important. C- come with a clear vision. I find that I let my clients down the most when they haven't come with a clear vision they've just said oh just get on with it do it like you do it and that's very dangerous from their point of view if they haven't come with a clear vision and they haven't told you what they want to achieve what their their ideal outcome is it's going to be very very difficult for you to achieve it and then all you don't you think that one's on you though absolutely it's a two-way street isn't it okay? The amount of times I've found myself called by somebody saying they have a problem with a client, and then as you start to unravel it, you find out that they didn't really set any clear parameters up at the start, and then they wonder why they're now in a mess where other client says that it's more expensive than they expected, or it's taken longer, uh, or they don't have the budget. Or uh, unless you nail some of that down at the start, then uh, 
You're asking for it. You're asking you for are, trouble. You're completely asking for it. Um, my, my wife recently uh, had her first um, recording project client. Um, one of my old clients, oddly enough, um, I, I thought would be good for him to go work with my wife because he's a singer and so she. And I thought that would be a really nice experience, uh, long and short of it. He doesn't work with me anymore, um, works with my wife. But she she got her first um, taste of criticism uh, being on, let's say, you know, the producer's side of the desk. And it really sort of affected her for, for an evening. And I said to her, I'm, all you need to do is be the hero. Make it right. I mean, what the problem was that she had an idea for how a certain thing was going to be in the mix. And he had a very different idea. And, uh, you know, he's very polite, this guy, absolute gentleman. He's, you know, he's one of my good friends as well. But she took it as, I'm not very good. Um, this is crushing and all of that. I said, no, no, no. All you need to do, listen to what he's got to say. Do it. Doesn't matter if you agree with it or disagree with it. He's the client. Be the hero. And she uh, did the fix in about 20 minutes, sent it off. Within five minutes, he replied and went, perfect. And she was it, so over the moon. And I said, yeah, there you go, I've that's what you do, be the hero. That, yeah, I've come to the conclusion that a lot of what we do for our clients is just fix their problems and solve their issues. Basically, most of, the de- most of my days, people get, make help asking me to make their problems go away. Now, for them, they're creative problems. They're, they're, I've got this track that is wrong or I've got this ad that needs doing or a million other things. But it's normally to solve somebody's problem. If they weren't hiring you, they'd solve it themselves. It's uh, service industry. We've it got is a to service remember industry. That. Service industry. It is it's serve. Uh, so it, it it's more that I suppose. Uh, but coming back to to your point, James, earlier when you said uh, there it, it is, you see, you can be disagree. You can as somebody once said to me, you can disagree with that being disagreeable. And I think the trouble is when somebody turns amends into a fight or a disagreement, it doesn't matter. Whatever those amends are, they kind of got you back up the minute they've started talking to you because they they say, well, you're rubbish and this isn't what I expected kind of thing. I'm fortunate that most of my clients, uh, no, all of them actually, uh, would never come to me and start reading the riot act they just say could you change this or this is right this isn't right for example i sent two things off on here's an example i had i got a job recently off a client where i i sent them an idea just literally a one line and said why don't you do this and they emailed me back and said yeah let's go for it uh here's the budget uh to do that project with it was four uh, pieces of work uh and so on Friday, I sent the first two over, and all they'd ever had from me was one email, and a, and a, and then they sent me back a budget. So it's enormous trust. So I then sent them back on Friday and said, "This is what I was thinking of. Is this what you thought I meant?" And then, so I'm expecting anything from no, that's completely not what I expected. Start all over again. To that's brilliant, and any parameter in between. And I think it depends what you start with in the first place. So because they're a client that trusts me ex- greatly. In the sense, I've just broken the rule. I told you not to break, James, which is give us give us a budget and I'll do you some work. But but basically, if I'm if I'm going down that road, I've then got to expect that possibly could tell me to start all over again because I'm pitching an idea at them. Yeah, you're opening uh, yourself up a bit there, and time yeah. and all of that, you know, considered. You know, if it was a big fat no, you'd just have to go. Okay. Try I think there is a correlation between how much somebody spends with you and how pissed they are and, and how hard they are to work with, uh, which is basically... And it doesn't go the way you think it no, should No, no, basically, either. the more the clients that spend proper money with you are usually a dream, and the clients that want you to do everything on for a dime... On cheap, yeah. On the cheap, just, yeah. uh, just, a, just the pain. a pain in the ass. Yep, I, I, I absolutely. totally and utterly agree. There must be a law yep. for that. 
must be an, 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 an inverse. I can't, I can't say it on air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Begins yeah. with W. Yeah, yeah. Rhymes with anchor. Absolutely. Um, the, the worst clients I've ever had over the years were the ones that would book me for two hours. And they'd be the ones that expected to get shitloads done in two hours. And they'd get really pissy with you towards the end of a session. And you're working hard. And you think, actually, you know what? This should have been twice the length. Why don't you come in tomorrow or sometime next week and we'll do a couple more hours and get this done? Well, I didn't think it was going to cost this much. Well, <laughs> it was my You're fault. Wrong. For, well, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I learned very quickly. It was sort of my fault saying, well, what's your budget? Well, I've only got like 60 quid. Well, that's a couple of hours. Let's, let's see if we can get it done in that. I wasn't being really clear saying that's not enough. A term I heard a few years ago, and at the time I kind of went, oh God, that's such business speak. Um, but it's very true, is manage expectation. If, if Say, if someone's coming in for two hours, they're not going to record 15 songs of vocals. Really? <laughs> Believe want, it or I not. live drums and everything in those two hours. Mixed and mastered, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, I, I, say, studios in the studio now, I, I'm not bothering to do anything less than a day because, quite frankly, there's no point, really. No, I've been that way for years. It doesn't bother me when people say, I want to do two hours. Really? Find somewhere else. Go anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere you can recommend. And I do recommend. There's a few studios in the area I know that do that. So I will pass the work on to them and say, tell them Dan sent you. Um, but I'm not prepared to do that. Um, most of the stuff I do now is online, which is a very tricky thing. Um, I found it quite hard to go into the online work because for four years I used to work um, in the studio with the client sitting next to me and I could just read their expression before they would say anything and I would be able to make them happy and meet their expectations but when you haven't got that and you're working online you kind of got to wait for that email to come through and uh, a couple of my clients they live in LA Australia and you can wait a very long time for their feedback and you think oh did they like that mix? I mean, did they like that bit of guitar I did for them? And you do get the thumbs up and you're like, yes, I think I understand what they want. I understand who they are as people. I understand them and their music. Um, all's good. Sort of it's thing. quite, it's quite funny you say that because I'm, I'm kind of going the other way. I, I, most of my studio work, yeah, is now online. Um, but I think because I set out, it was a new project a few years ago for me. I think I set my stall up very officially, if you like. This is what you do. You send this, you pay me, you get three revisions, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was very much, this is how it's going to work. And because I set my parameters and people knew what they were expecting and because I managed expectation, that side of what I do runs very happily. And and say, I have very happy clients, you know a couple of them, Um and that side of things works very, very well. I find that when people come and I have attended mix sessions and things like that, that's when time tends to slip by and you don't necessarily achieve as much as you thought you oh. were going to. Oh, and- that's not true. I love attended mix sessions, especially if the artist is, you know, worth their salt. They are, they're a good musician. I was going to ask that. I love that. That was part of the article. Do you think that's changed everything? The whole yeah. attended yeah, mix yeah, yeah. session? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did a mastering session on Friday um, after hours. Um, one of my first ever clients, this guy called Johnny, he was the guy that introduced me and Georgie. Um, so I owe him, you know, so much, you know. And uh, he, he he did an album, no, sorry, two albums with me a couple of years ago. And now he's got a couple of kids. He can't afford to work with me. So he didn't tell me, but he worked with another friend of ours and made a short album. 
it all came out and he went, I'm really sorry. I wanted to do this album with you. I just couldn't afford to. I said, look, chill. What we'll do is you come in with uh, your mate, Tom, and I'll master it for free because we're friends, you know, we'll just get it done. And we spent about three or four hours on this into the wee hours of a Friday night. And it was absolutely brilliant. Just talking, you know, or maybe just a little bit more of this, maybe a bit of that. And I'm not sure about this. Okay. How about this? Just all working together. And we finished it and we went, we did that. Not just me at a desk going, what do you think of my ideas? We did that as a team, you know, all ears in between the speakers, having fun. I have to say, I wish you wouldn't use the F word on a professional show. What fun. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) Lots of it. Yeah. Free. Yeah. Free. No, 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 they're friends. They're good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There was a point in the article I was interested with you two, uh, because we've all been doing this a long time, we're quite long in the tooth. Uh, And was this thing I said about actors going out on stage and they still feel nervous. Do you still get that? Do you still have that kind of what are they going to say in the amends email back to me? Definitely. Yeah. Every time. Because, I mean, if I've played on tracks um, and then been involved technically and artistically with them, which is often the case... It's like, you know, you're putting your heart on your sleeve, aren't you? When you when you play something on a track, you, there's a little bit of you, your your soul, but your DNA in that music. Um, if someone says, oh, I wasn't too impressed by, you know, you nailed it by the end, but at the start it was a bit shaky, which I got the other day, and I thought, I can fix that. I can make that better. I listened back to it and went, they're right. Um but yeah, you always have the little bit of, oh, what did, did I miss something? And then, of course, you go back to it with the benefit of hindsight and you listen to something and go, yeah, maybe I could have nailed that better. But no, there is always that little moment of when the email ping goes off, you think, oh, oh, is it all okay? That's because you care. Um, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah, totally. that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah and you're supposed to feel um, that sort of nerves as well. If you don't, then you're taking your client for granted, you're taking the, the gig for granted. Um and the longer you do this sort of stuff, maybe that does kind of diminish a little bit, but you should always feel nervous. It's it's no different from when you yeah. go on stage and, and you do, you're, you know, um, there's been some, some funny little gigs that me and George have done and we've gone on stage and we both feel a little nervous. There's only 30 people in the audience, but you know why we're nervous? Because we brought a new song, those sort of things. Is it going to go down well? And those um, and that, 30 people are listening. Oh, they're listening. Yeah, you but we, to 5,000. You might when get you said a When listening. you said a funny little gig, I thought you were like playing at a midgets comedy club or something. <laughs> no, no, um. just, just, just a funny little pub that we go to. Um, but yeah, you're supposed to feel nervous when you do this stuff. Um, you're supposed to wear your heart on your sleeve. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's not, not an office job it. where you're pushing paper. Yeah, it's, exactly. you know, you're doing something creative. I mean, like what James does with you do three revisions. When someone hires me for online um, piano work or guitar work or whatever, I will really try to make sure that I understand fully what they want. There was one guy recently, he sent me his track uh, and he said, I want the guitar work to sound like Jimi Hendrix, but the song was like this R&B ballads. And I was like, are you sure? I sent him some, you know, Jimi Hendrix stuff over, over, um, from YouTube and went, I'm not sure this style is going to match this song that you sent me. He says, no, no, that's what I want. And what I do for clients is I say, okay, I will meet your brief. I will really work hard to meet it. And I'll give you two revisions at the same time, but I'll give you a third being a wild card. And that is I've ignored your brief. So you get two takes exactly what you want. And one that, you know, from me, wild card. And I did something completely different. I did a Brian May style thing. And uh, yeah, I said to him, which one do you like? He went wild card. And I said, yes, because I was playing to the song, not your brief. So I kind of give him options, you know, A or B, not just I've put all my eggs into one basket A. You've got another option. And if neither of those work, 
then we can talk again and find the C. Maybe it's a blend of the two. So, yeah, to, to avoid criticism, you've got to kind of think on your feet a little bit. Um, it's a creative industry. Be creative with how you get your, get your gigs done um, and your, your projects delivered. So, Have you ever come to an impasse with a client where you've abandoned a project where you just can't see eye to eye and you can't, uh, you're never going to do the mix they want? Or No, I've always finished them, but I have walked away from clients at the end of it and said, this wasn't really worth the money, the time. I'd rather shake hands and go, best of, best of luck for the future. I've done that several times. In fact, Russ, you gave me the the uh, this bit of advice many years ago and it freed me up. It was, you can sack clients. You can, you know... You don't have to work with the ones you don't want to work with. And that made a massive difference to my life a few years ago. Because uh, I just ended up working with so many of these guys that felt like they they owned a part of me. You know, like their, a Wednesday afternoon was their time with me. And yes, they were paying for it, but they were very hard on me. And I was like, I don't need this person. It's, it's bringing my, my week down. And after I said goodbye to them, freed up my energies, got nicer clients in and got on with it started enjoying work again brilliant good james competitions yes indeedly we have two competitions running this month the first we've teamed up with dyn audio pro and the audio distribution group to give you a chance to win one of six pairs of dyn audio pro lyd studio monitors this is a very special two-part competition. Too complicated and possibly long-winded to explain in the podcast, but check out the story to learn more about how you can make your mark on the pro audio industry. The link's down there. Also, to celebrate the launch of Personas Studio One version 4, we've teamed up with Universal Audio, and one lucky person can win one of their amazing Arrow Thunderbolt 3 Audio interfaces for Mac and Windows. Dun, 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 dun. Um, and you can click down, down there in the podcast notes to find out more. Just a reminder, you can listen to our show on all sorts of things. There's a link in the story every week, I think, that means you can listen to it on your desktop. Yep. Uh, you can listen to it because it's an MP3 file, an M- M4A file. You can listen to it on uh, all all your phone uh, I would just like to, of streaming yeah. services iTunes yeah. Yeah. but I would like to say for those of you <laughs> listening on tablets I hope you get well soon uh, <laughs> and talking tish. of medical things there's, that's the did you see what, oh, I did what a link what yeah. a link yeah. what a yeah. link <laughs> back pain posture and RSI what can we do uh, I like the RSI show. You know where they go in and they kind of solve those crimes where they all go in and like there's bodies decompose. Do you know what I mean? It's a brilliant show. Uh, apparently not true to life. Uh, if you're an RSI investigator, well, the eye is the eye. The eye, yeah, that is the investigator. Yeah. Mike Thornton was the RSI investigator this this uh, week, and yes, he he did dive in quite deep with how we should be sitting at our chairs. Uh, how the gear should be around us, general ergonomics, some examples of what can happen to you if you don't look after yourself. And uh, yeah, I think we've all suffered a little bit of RSI from uh, our jobs. We've got to admit that. I know I do uh, regularly in my in my um, mouse hands, um, up the inside of my wrists. That that can really cause me a load of problems. And it's usually towards the end of the week, uh, which is, you know, weekends are good for getting my hands to recover a little bit. James, you must get RSI from playing drums, uh, surely. Yeah, I, I don't know many drummers without back problems or um, 
tendonitis is one yeah, that yeah. you hear often. Yeah. Um, I've actually got some of that kind of, um, I've got the two versions. I've got the heat gel and I've got the wrap, the wraps that, the freeze wrap things from my wrists because, um, yeah, if you're playing, obviously not if you're playing mellow sort of, um, lounge jazz, but I, I did an album of, um, nice, fairly heavy prog, material and after two days i w- i'd lost a stone yeah, probably of. through sweat <laughs> and and having not played really that hard for that long for that intensity um for a little while it, i i was in agony if i'm totally honest my wrists were absolutely killing me so i sort of strapped these these cool bandage things on and that made things a lot better um can i just say hasn't phil collins no jokes had exactly that isn't he now yes. Uh, hobbling along because of his drumming days he he's had two two fairly major issues one one is is back issues with drum stools and not and not uh, I, i'm not going to diss phil collins as a drummer it, no way i'm not that brave or foolish but his posture is not necessarily what you might call ergonomically or anthropometrically no you like well that. done um uh, in accordance with guidelines shall we say um, but he also had very, very bad. It was a form of tendonitis that I can't remember the exact strain and, and variation where he couldn't grip and he couldn't grip the sticks. And I saw a um, documentary online recently about it and he'd got back into playing and gone back to playing, but actually had to strap the stick to his right hand to get any kind of grip. And as the grip came, so as he as he played more, the grip just slowly, slowly left, and he was dropping sticks and throwing sticks left, right, and centre. Um, it is something he's working on, but yeah, that was one of the reasons he gave up touring. He gave up playing drums for a number of years. You know, look, we're not talking like he gave up for six months to sort it out. He gave up for a number of years. It's a major issue. I mean, drummers' um, posture, back back pain, posture, all that sort of things. Um, there was a very famous drummer um, who. He was the drummer for Animal from the Muppets, a guy called Ronnie Verrill, um, English guy. And he had a very bad car accident when he was a, a teen. And he walked like an absolute cripple, put him on a drum stool. And, he, and that was when he was at his most limber and his most free and his most um, active. But this car crash absolutely messed his spine up. So I know we're a bit off topic there. But, um, but yeah, I mean... I, I think anyone who hasn't thought about the layout of their studio hasn't really thought about what they're doing. It's really, really important to have everything in the right place, line of sight for your monitors, everything within reach, not sitting awkwardly. Um, there are lots of different aids you can get to make sure monitors are in the right place and at the right height and all that sort of stuff. It's really, really important. Oh, yes. I did my back in years ago. Um, I suffered for about six months. And this was many, many years ago. And I had one of those quick lock uh, desks. They were like those um, big cherry top ones where you could put rack stuff in it. The C24 just fit on it. But it had a shelf behind it so the monitor could go on it. Um, and also the display. Problem was, though, the um, I think it had a 27-inch display back then. It was, for me and my eyesight, way uh, too far back and I didn't think to get a bracket at the time but I used to just lean forward and I did that for so long and just eventually my back just started pinging at the end of sessions like well can't stand up 
So I ended up getting rid of the uh, quick lock desk and put the C24 on like some scissor stands and got uh, a bracket to put the screen on so I can pull my display forward when I'm, you know, I need to see Pro Tools literally less than a foot away from my nose. My eyes are that naff. Uh, and then push it back out of the way. When I'm mixing, I can work on the C24 and, um, yeah, I don't necessarily need to look at the screen so much. Uh, and my back's been brilliant ever since, just from having that um, ability to pull the screen closer uh, for me to be able to see. Here's one for you then. Cool. Uh, my my dream at some point is to get one of those, uh, excuse, excuse my pronunciation, um, it's either Arilon or Arilon or Arilon yeah. chairs, but they're four figures. But when you go into, you know, name your famous studio, that's what they've got. They are so comfy. And I suspect they're four figures for a reason. Now, I spent a good three and a half hundred on my chair and it's very comfortable and I like it. And it makes me, I say, I read through Mike's article and I thought, yes, I I do most of those things. I don't sit forward. I sit with my, uh, my back in the backrest. Um, it's it's all good. Most my my screen's a little far away for what Mike would deem and what say the um, them what know these things would deem. But you know I'm pretty much on the money. Um, how much did you guys spend on the thing you are sitting on? <laughs> not enough. Thirty uh, quid. In, in, no, it's not thirty quid. The trouble with me is I slouch. <laughs> what about you guys? Do any did you slouch when? Um. No, I don't slouch now that I've got the screen uh, close f- to me. Um, and I've got a, th- a cheap 30 quid chair with no armrests because I don't like armrests. Because um, when I'm tracking bass guitar, electric guitar, I'm usually sitting down and I'm sick and tired of banging my guitar on these armrests. I don't, I can't freely move my elbows about and play. So, yeah, I just bought a couple of cheap 30 quid uh, stools, uh, sorry, chairs that have like a, a mesh back. So it can take uh, me leaning back on them quite well. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I say I, I've had back problems of all kinds. One of them is I lean into one of the side of my chair and kind of swivel and then lean across the, like the whole body goes sideways off the chair. What I've done today is because my wife said my studio was a shithole and I had to tidy it up before, before you guys come and see me. <laughs> I did reorganise my studio today. So I've moved my... 88 note controller keyboard to my right now so i swivel around can play it and then come back to the to the to the door and uh, i've also got the controller on my ipad so i can control it from when i'm sat over there uh i i do do a lot of reaching across my desk from from kind of like the trouble is when you're doing what we do is you kind of move around without kind of warming up is the wrong word but you get my point yeah yeah you twist and shift and do stuff and the very nature of what we do is coming back to the last conversation we've had on the show today is that we are we're often often our bodies are all stressed up with the project we're working on and so our bodies are not in a good place to do all this kind of twisting and jumping and picking up a, a stand and changing that and then bending over to pick something up so i'm not surprised that most creatives have bad backs and stuff yeah i mean uh, i get tension in my shoulders just from stress just from the thought of stress, just something stressful in my life, my shoulders lock up. And then if, I, if I've got that when I'm working and my shoulders are stiff, my my elbows get stiff. Do you know what I mean? I'm not loose. Yeah. Um, actually, to be honest, I found a little way around this. and I call it a drum kit. So when I find a bit of stress coming on, like, oh, this has got to be done in a couple of hours, play your drums for t- 10 minutes, loosen the hell up and then come back to it. And it seems to be working quite nicely. 
But you can get a Herman Miller for about a thousand quid, the Aeron you're talking about. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Which sounds like a lot of money, but if you're in, if you're sat in it all day every day, it, yeah. it it doesn't it's not that You pay a lot of money for a microphone. I guarantee you don't use the microphone anything like as much as you use a chair. <laughs> Have you seen that meme that's going around? This is the face you make. Uh, it, uh, you spend two and a half grand on a microphone and then you complain about £2.50 on extra groceries. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Not a word. The thing is about these chairs as well, they're sized, aren't they? Uh, yes, so I think you, get, you, get, you can get generic ones, but you can get them. And this is where that wonderful word anthropometrics comes in, which is actually the study of the measurement of the human body. There, like that, don't you? Yeah. Close Wikipedia now. I haven't I, genuinely. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. That was one of the part of the A level design technology course which I did when I was like sixteen, seven, or seventeen, eighteen. Huh. Um, ergonomics and anthropometrics. So that, it's one of those. That works out well. You ended up being a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, don't, they, they, they don't sponsor us, but there's a, just found a really good site called Wellworking.co.uk. And it's got a chair section. It asks you the task before you do before you choose a chair, which is quite cool, I think. Uh, so it says, "What task do you work? Benches, clack, draftsman, ergonomic, executive." Uh, oh, oh! I want a chair with a master fader in the armrest. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> Have you guys ever had any experience of mixing while standing? It's not very common oh, in live. our world, but live. certainly it is live. Yeah, but but generally, the, the the height of the mixer doesn't change. Um, BBC, for example, in most of the BBC Radio One, Two, I'm not sure about three or four, um, the height of the desk of the console can be raised and lowered depending on a how tall you are and b if you want to stand up and work or sit down and work. I've I've not tried it. I've not tried a console or working on a desk at the height where everything kind of is is in the right place if you know what i mean um i've never tried it oh yes we all stand up to mix live or i certainly stand up to mix live mm, but same. i think generally your posture then goes to pot because most of the of the um default heights if you like for legs for live consoles are the right height for sitting down rather than standing up Am I right? Yeah, I suppose it just depends. It depends if you get um, stands that are adjustable, which which a friend of mine has got, and we put his X32 on it, and it means we can bring it up to a to sort of a height where you can, that you can lean on it when you're standing. So when you're not actually having to do anything, you have kind of got your bar, uh, so to speak, to lean on, and then you can just carry on working standing up. The only thing is, though, my feet go um, after a while, because usually standing on, like, uneven mud... Um, so yeah, where or, you're or a your really, back, really, you're... really hard sort of concrete yeah. kind of surface inside yeah. a, inside an arena or something like that, and that, yeah. yeah, very unforgiving. Yeah, start, yeah, you start to get the nam foot. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there is a solution to that, and again, that we're not sponsored by them, but try sketches with memory, memory foam. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no! I just make a <laughs> I just make a run for the Arturia booth because they've always got really deep shag carpet, which is really nice <laughs> <laughs> after a long day on nam foot, the nam floor. Nothing like getting sidetracked, eh? No. No, no. Anyway, so 
good, but he didn't just talk about the. We've talked about bock, bock pain, which is very weird. But back pain is ne- is less is more common. He talks about back pain posture, and I say posture is the big one for me. But RSI as well. I've had. Have you guys had RSI? Into yeah. Jack, had Dan, you've talked about. Like yeah, you, you've my had right hands. Mouse hand. Mouse hand. Yeah. Uh, what mice do you use? I use a little Logitech uh, Bluetooth mouse. It's t- it's tiny. It's like a pebble, and I love it because before I had a mighty mouse. Uh, soap and, bar. Sorry? Yeah, the soap. It's like a, little, a bar of soap, isn't it? These yeah, things? but I've got this Logitech one. It's tiny. It's almost, as I say, and I've, I found that better because I don't have to kind of arch my fingers as much. Uh, and, my, and it might be interesting, anybody that's listening to the show, that uh, my dad had to have an operation because it's, and another friend of mine had to have it, and I probably have to have it as well at some point, uh, where your fingers start to come into your hand and they lock into position and the ligaments basically shrink. Uh, you have to have uh, Scandinavian Viking heritage in your blood. This is no joke. This is serious for this to this to be in your family. But basically, you can end up with your, like a claw hand, and you have to have an operation. So it's interesting. That it's like a form of arthritis, really. So of course, arthritis is another thing that can affect us as well. So uh, it's uh, but RSI, yeah. Make sure you do other things to keep your hands. Uh, moving I've, the great thing about my studio as i say is I, i've got a garden outside and if i'm kind of feeling a bit stressed and stuff i just go and mow the lawn or something or water the plants or other things yeah. like that it's yeah. uh, it's my alternate stress mm. uh talking about production and stuff uh mike's talking about his top 10 production bad habits and how you can fix them article uh we're going to be talking about that in the coming weeks so uh d- do check that out some good stuff i don't know if you noticed that mm. this week guys really Mm, what yeah, you've got to understand rates. for those of you listening to the show is that often we don't get time to read each other's articles. So this is the first time we get to talk about them. But there's a great one there from Mike about taking rest and stress and all that kind of stuff. We've talked about this kind of stuff before, uh, but it's an important part of our industry that you do take care of yourself. So do take it, do check out the top 10 production bad habits and how you can fix them. I think we're very good at getting on with work. We're often very bad at stopping and saying, "Do you know what? Cup of tea or oh, yeah. soft drink or whatever." Lunch. I will. Lunch. Your God, busy day for me is when I come come in and I'm starving. I haven't eaten today. Whoops. Oh, I know. See, yeah, Trouble's oh. the kitchen's so close to me in the studio that I'm often. It, I, I'm in there. I'm the opposite to you guys. I'm basically lardy man <laughs> because of it. But you've got a really nice new kitchen now, so of course you're going to be in there. I, I was in there got before. It was a nice old no. kitchen as well, or a naff <laughs> old kitchen, anyway. But uh, and and I, and if I don't take the dog out, that's the other thing. I take the dog out for walks because if I don't, then my commute is twenty a twenty second walk each way. But that's the same as James and you, Dan. How far, how, far, how long does it take to get up to your gar- top of the your garden? Depends how many kids I got to get by on the way um, <laughs> and demands I have to meet. Uh, yeah, twenty seconds. The obstacle course that is <laughs> yes. small, small plastic small cars. Um, yeah, and, and all of that. You know, never step on a plastic dinosaur. Those things hurt. No, oh. Lego's the one. Lego's no, no, still the bad oh. dinosaurs. Trust me, they, you know, they're like nails. They bite back. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's go to some feedback from the community that this is not sponsored by any f***er. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Please leave that in, Julian. (laughs) Hey, let's go to some... (laughs) You had it on the first take. Let's go to some feedback from the community. Marcel Reisberg. Hi, team. I just want to uh, let you know I love the current design of the site. 
exposing glimpses into parallel worlds, various DAWs, uh, is both educating and inspiring. And uh, the way you present posts sorted into categories like reviews, interviews and deals, etc. Just brilliant. Well, thank you. That's uh, been a lot of work, isn't it, Russ? It's nice to know the changes that are <laughs> Thanks, happening. Thanks, Mom. Oh, work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, but no, seriously. Uh, yeah, we, we. There was a time when we used to announce stuff on this site, but we kind of we've been doing it for those who haven't noticed. We've been kind of trying to we're trying to rationalise everything so that we can. There's a lot of content on our site which is door specific for Studio One or Logic Pro or or Pro Tools. But then there's lots of stuff that isn't door specific, and so we wanted to find a way that we could share it with everybody. Uh, and you can honestly, you will not get any kind of disease if you go into one of the other door categories and have a look and a read. Uh, honestly, it will uh, not. James has got uh, the lurk in. He looked in Logic Pro earlier, so yeah, <laughs> called, it, called it from Eli. What can I say? <laughs> and just to bring that up, we 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 if you've noticed, Logic Pro has now come into our stable as well. It was already part of the, they were already part of the team, but we've made brought it in even closer. Uh, we have the the legend who is Eli Kranzberg uh, doing that. Big thanks to Dennis who'd been running it for years, but he's moved on to Pastures New. Uh, and so please bear with us while we do some of this sorting out. So if you sit at the top of the page when you're in a Studio One post or if you're in a Logic post, it says Protoss Expert as the main URL. Don't panic. It's not going to hurt. Uh, it'll just feel a bit weird. Hey, be able to find more content. Trust me, that's the whole point. Um, yes, that we exactly. Can, we can make we can make content for hardware stuff that James is looking at, and other communities can enjoy it. As opposed to just the Pro Tools expert community, but it's also and what's nice- more useful from from our point of view is it means we can use our time far more sensibly rather than trying to put, as we have done in the past make one article and then have to manually repost it into several other places, which, let's face it, I think we'll, everyone on the team will agree was a bit of a pain in the you-know-where. It's now nice to be to know you can just, from our side of things, collate what goes where a lot easier and make sure, and you'll also know that a lot more people are going to see it, which is the important thing. So we can use our time for you in a much smarter, more constructive way. That as well. We've also got quite a large team. If you put all the guys and girls and all that together on the uh, uh, all the different expert sites, we, we want to work closer together. And, and doing this actually enables us to do that, which in turn, well, hopefully means we can deliver better content for you guys as well. Yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Anyway, let's move on to some questions from the community and these are sponsored by RSPE Audio. The Pro Tools Expert Community Feedback is brought to you with the kind support of RSPE Audio Solutions. Great people and great prices. RSPE is proud to announce the new ASC Nano Attack Wall. It's a mini version of the ASC Attack Wall that takes all of the acoustic benefits of its bigger brother and shrinks them down to fit on your desktop. Get a reliable, repeatable and accurate sonic space that's extremely portable so you can take it with you when you move or work in another studio. Learn more at RSPE Audio website with the link in the show notes. First questions from Jimmy Jr. I think I know his dad. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think his last name is Senior. Oh, right. I think we should leave that in for me. So I should think I we think should do so. it again. 
Oh, that stays in. We need, to, we need, we need some in. canned laughs. Julian, unless you can do an impression of me, that one's in the show. <laughs> can you help, please? We'll, we'll try. We'll try. We'll, we'll do, our best. <laughs> do our best. Normally not. Uh, <laughs> I'm using Pro Tools 12.8, and when trying to record MIDI, I do not hear it, but I see it being recorded, and it plays back. This only happens in one session. What is going on? I've tried everything. Any input is appreciated. Thank you. Jivey? Um, I'm going to say one thing, um, and this is a guess. You haven't told us how what you're recording, how you're recording it. You're recording MIDI. That's or your fine. favourite question, James. No details. No details whatsoever. Uh, however, I'm going to offer the best I can. Uh, are you using an instrument track or are you using a MIDI track? Do you are you using a hardware synth or a sound module? Um, you, you can't hear MIDI. MIDI makes no noise. Um, Am I missing something? Um, if you're MIDI if you have an instrument isn't, MIDI track, th- you've got an instrument on it, you know. A MIDI through isn't session dependent, is it? It's, it's no, I don't it's, think so. It's, I think it's set at. You're a VI boy, Dan. Uh, yeah, it's, it it's not session dependent, us. is it? MIDI through? No, no, no. I think he's just got his wires crossed. He, he could just have a like a, a keyboard that has sounds in it, and he's loaded up a. I'm with James on this. He's got a MIDI track, and he's seeing MIDI sort of coming in and obviously being recorded, not hearing it all back, but he might have the uh, the sounds coming through his keyboard, like a piano or something, and it, assuming uh, that... Well, that he would hear it then, wouldn't it? Well, no, well, he wouldn't hear it on the way back, would he? If it's not... Um, if it's not rooted. If it's not rooted. There's a, there's a million just, possible yeah, options a, a, here. <laughs> yeah, if it's just a virgin, you know, MIDI track, it's loaded up, record enabled, he's hit record, play... And he sees MIDI being recorded in Pro Tools and he's hearing piano from his keyboard out of the keyboard speakers. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm really kind of... That, would, that could be a MIDI local thing, couldn't it, as well? Because if, if you're no, hearing... No, but that's not what he... But that, he doesn't say that. When trying to record MIDI, that's I do, what not, we're hear assuming. What, I do not hear it, but I see it being recorded and it plays back. Mm. So based on that, it means you'd hear your local keyboard and then it wouldn't play back. So it's the opposite problem he's got, which is he can't hear it when he's playing it, but he can hear it when it plays back. So my first bit of detective work was, is it rooted to the, to the right instrument? Well, it sounds like it is rooted to the right instrument, otherwise it wouldn't play back either. Uh, I could be a corrupted session. What I would do is to import session data and see if it fixes it. That would be my starting point. Yeah, definitely. On one, what did you say? It was on one or session. Or turn it off and turn it back on session. again. Is, always is good, it with a hammer? Is always a, is always a good drummer's option for things. Um yeah, yeah, anyway, so try a, different a, session. a little more detail, or even send us the session, and we'll, we'll take yeah. a look at it. Yeah, Chris Shearman, I'm trying to get Pro Tools 10 to make all my program changes via MIDI. I'm using custom Audio Electronics RS10 MIDI foot controller. I can manually make the program changes in the patch change area, but I'm unable to write the change in the MIDI editor. When I use the pencil tool to click where I want the program change to happen, it just puts a normal MIDI block in the spot on the grid, not a patch change number. How can I get this to work correctly? Isn't this a case of that pop-up just above each uh, channel, isn't it, in in Pro Tools? Yes, you change you change what the, the type of data you're adding, not just note data. You have to change to actually... The correct no, but there's actually a lane. patch. There's actually a patch pop-up in Pro Tools, isn't it, for this very reason? Uh, I'm just give me a moment. I can't check it no, because I'm running Pro Tools. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the, the, the patch selector box, isn't it, which I think is just above the faders on each channel. Uh, and there's a program change drop-down, isn't there? 
that you can drop down in the controller lanes. Yes, but... I think if you're using this MIDI foot controller, that surely the easiest way to do it is to record the patch changes as they're coming in using the foot controller. Yeah, that, that would work, and that sends the right type of MIDI command, and it will then show up in the correct MIDI lane on that instrument channel. Again, yeah, but... It, we don't but know it, what yeah. you're doing, you know, we don't know, we don't know the why... No, no, but no, but that's the, the most straightforward way is to put put it into write mode, the channel, so you write the automation, then find where it needs to drop in, and then hit the foot pedal on your foot controller, and it should write that automation. Yeah, in place. Try that. Let us know how you get on. Alberto Calisari has been in touch. Hi, I have used Clip Effects, and I need to move my Pro Tools session to a system with an older version of Pro Tools that doesn't have Clip Effects. Uh, how can I reveal selects or clips with clip effects in order to co- uh, to consolidate? Is there any way to consolidate all clip effects? Uh, sorry, all clip effects clips. I can't help you here because I don't use this uh, feature. No, it's um. I would I would just consolidate. It depends how you want to do this. If you if you're trying to take it track by track, uh, uh, oh, freeze it, clip no, by you clip. Can't do that. Can't do it. Is is just bounce it? To, is bounce it to a new track? Everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah make, bounce make, it to a new track. I'd yeah. do that. If you want to make yeah. it totally session proof, yeah, uh, that's what I would do. But again, you don't tell us. You know, are you moving to an, to an older version of Pro Tools? Are you using? Uh, are, are there elements of the track that you want to maintain rather than you know committing everything in a, in a bounce or a consolidate? Or if this is just a temporary move. Yeah. Uh, you want to move uh, to an older Pro Tools system. Is that just to do some extra tracking, mixing, and then you're going to come back to your current version of Pro Tools? Because if you're going back and then working, finishing a project in an older ver- version of Pro Tools, you can consolidate down your stuff, commit, sorry, um, all your clip stuff down. You can't get back into it again. But that said, isn't the only plugin sort of put in in this clip effects the oh, what was it called the, the channel, strip. channel strip i think it i think that's a that's an at the moment type at the, yeah at the moment well so, i don't play with this feature i know it's i see it as a bit of a post feature um isn't there a way of sort of getting some of those settings uh across from that into a plugin so at least you could maybe do some stuff uh across multiple audio tracks so if you've got three different clip effects going on within a clip have three different tracks move your settings from the clip effects into plugin versions of it just thinking outside the box kind of a, a copy a, a copy special paste special type sort thing. of yeah avid have spoken about this actually they do have a uh they do have a, a, a tech alert on this that says that the workaround is select render clip effects for all clips with active clip effects settings before saving the session in pro tools 12.6 and opening in an older version of pro tools so select render clip effects for all clips and then it will do it for you. You should get a warning dialog before you try and save it anyway to an older version. So that's the right now. Otherwise it will remove them. But I think at this point then it's worth me getting on my, my metaphorical and physical high horse. <clears throat> People, you cannot tell us too much information about your problems. If you want us to help, tell us everything. Short of maybe your inside leg measurement, we need to know the system you're running, the version of Pro Tools you're running, the version of the operating system you're running. Detail, detail, detail. We live in a detail-orientated world. Context. Help us. 
context, what, what the problem is in what context as well. That, exactly. That can really help. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com. If you've ever tried to do interviews over the internet with apps like Skype, you'll know how hit and miss the quality of the audio and the connection can be, even on a good day. It's just not good enough to do long-form interviews. We now use Source Connect Now, which offers ISD equivalent quality using a Chrome browser. No software to install. It's free of charge. It doesn't cost you a penny, and we love it. I've had another battle with a few Skype calls today. Uh... I can't deal with the whole robot impressions and all that sort of stuff. So check out Source Elements. It's magic. Let's move on to Find of the Week. These are sponsored by UJAM. UJAM Instruments plugins are your studio companions. Always on call when you want to write, play and record tracks. Take seat in the producer's chair and tell your player what you need. This means a maximum of musical and sonic integrity and versatility and a minimum of your precious energy required to get there. Discover our virtual instruments at ujam.com. So, James, what is your find of the week? Have you managed to put some more gear in your room? <laughs> We're already more gear fit. Um, <laughs> actually, because I'm... Um, Taking a little vacation fairly shortly, uh, I, it's been a kind of send all the loan stock back to a lot of brands because occasionally they do want it back, annoyingly. Uh, sadly, these are going to have to leave me fairly soon. Um, you may have noticed that I, I, I am partial to a microphone or two. Mm. Understatement of the day thus far. Um, and... A well-known UK reseller sent me a pair of Roya R10 ribbon microphones to check out. Now, if you've ever used Royas before, you know they don't normally sound like ribbons, per se. Normally, ribbons are quite a dark sound. They don't have much top end, and the Royas are great for that. These R10s are their more competitively priced ribbons, and they've got a lovely kind of dark, almost kind of you know, that kind of Coles overhead sound about them. They sound fantastic. Review to follow, of course. Um, and yeah, but check check these babies out. Royal R10s, yum. Oh, Dan, what about you? Oh, uh, mine, Accusonus Beatformer. Um, new uh, drum processing plugin that came out very recently. Uh, I did a review of it. Really nice. Um, I did the review. I was quite impressed. And you know what it's like, boys. We, we can do our reviews and we've got the plug-in and all that sort of stuff. And then we do a few mixes and we think, oh, hold on a minute. What about that plug-in I tried the other week? Well, I used this on Friday, actually, in that mastering session I was telling you about. It was a STEM mastering se- uh, session. The guys brought around uh, their mixes and stems and we mastered from that. But their, their drums just weren't quite proud enough for my liking they weren't they were really nice they just needed something just to bring them forward a little bit i used this and oh my word did it work beautifully it's got this lovely airband thing on it uh punch well all these labels that all they say on the tin boom uh squash really really just pucker pucker plug in i mean the review i tried it on some drum loops 
And yeah, it did the job, but this really did the job as well on some acoustic drums. Just, you know, salt and pepper, a little bit here and there, and it just brought the drums forward. And yeah, we got our, our masters done and we were really pleased with it. So yeah, my final of the week last week, definitely Beatformer Accusonas. Do check it out. I think it's one of their... Um, no, it's not. It's not one of their most affordable ones. I think it's about 99 euros, which I think is well worth it. So yeah, check it out. Russ, what's your find of the week? Mine is your utterly brilliant. Uh, you know, you've you've lived in an industry for 30 years and nobody's... I've seen lots of techniques for taking tweeters and pulling them back out where some beautiful little three-year-old has poked their finger in it. Uh, that's not what I call them when they usually do it. But I know that they're, they're my child, so I can't call them what I want to call them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but go and watch Dan. I'm not going to. Sp- I'm not going to spoil the punchline. Go and watch Dan's super simple, clever little trick for 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 getting a tweeter that's been poked in and making it all beautiful again. It was. I watched it and smiled. I, I watched it, and I need <laughs> to mention my Dan, son that. In, in I know you weren't making it for the BBC because you did brand name a certain product several times about how to do it, and so. Anyway, hmm. but uh, yeah, so with all that said, it's been a pleasure, as always, for you to listen. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I must say, it's been a pleasure for us to serve you. Uh, that's what it says here on the notes. So uh, thanks for listening. It's good night from me. It's good night from me. And it's good night from me. Good night. Good night.